Hello and welcome to Local Matters. I'm your host, Buddy Pearson, and on this podcast, Education Matters. My guest this week was recently named the Middle School Teacher of the Year for Putnam County School District. Bo DeBoard is an eighth grade teacher and vital. Bo, welcome to Local Matters and congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, it, it feels surreal. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was so not, neat to be on the prize patrol who came in and, and, uh, and told you that you were the Teacher of the Year and to see your reaction uh, was, was priceless, man. That was awesome. Um, has it sunk in yet? Uh, absolutely not. No, it's it's been one surprise after another, and I'm still kind of. It'll take me two or three days before I actually fall back on and realize, yeah, this is this is happening. <laughs> so, well, let's let's talk a little bit about, uh, about how you got to where you're at to be the Putnam County School System Middle School Teacher of the Year. How did you start out in education? Oh wow, started out. Um, Many years ago, way back in the day, <laughs> uh, fresh out of Tennessee Tech University with uh, long hair and just nothing but a, a hope that I could get hired and, and somehow move out of Tech Village with my <laughs> wife. Uh, now we had a had a newborn on the way, and uh, luckily Linda Nash uh, saw something in me, and um, I started doing summer school over there. Got to teach with uh, a lot of great teachers, great Bill Greer, uh, fantastic gentleman, if you know Bill. Um, And he kind of, Bill started kind of moving me through the channels there of what to do and mentoring, so to speak. Right. Um, And then doing student teaching through our university got me placed with some fantastic teachers. Paul Ford, Sparta, Mm -hmm. one of the, gosh, what a great person he was and then the the great Ron Chambers uh, oh, at Every Trace yeah. and y- there is no way anybody could be around either of those two gentlemen and not pick up a love of life and an enjoyable uh, persona in the classroom awesome. they were just fantastic yeah so you started out at Every Trace yes sir and what were you teaching at Avery Trace? Started out teaching social studies. Okay. Uh, yeah, my background was actually science uh, for my focus, but uh, they had an opening, and you know how it is in the county. you got to take what you can get, man. Right. So we dove in. Now, how long did you teach at Avery Trace? I taught at Avery Trace for about 14 years. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We we were there through the transition, some, some great administration, um, started off with Linda, uh, Nash, uh, Dr. Nash, sorry. Yeah. Um, came through with Mike Mills and then right. Tina Francis coming in a little bit later. She was my vice principal there for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then Alma Anderson, the great Alma Anderson and yeah. her cohorts with, uh, Mel Presley <laughs> and them, they were fantastic. It was, it was a great experience. And not to mention Mike Mills, if I haven't mentioned him yet. So. Oh yeah. So then how did you make the transition to vital and, and kind of, uh, tell our listeners really what vital is. Oh, okay. To start off with what Vital is, Vital is our online education program that we have for students that don't traditionally, not necessarily don't fit, but it's it's uh, it's an it's another opportunity mm-hmm. for students to still pursue an education within the public school system, right? Uh, free of charge. Yeah. Uh, especially if they are here within Putnam County, they then. Um, as opposed to being in a traditional classroom, um, it, it's it's a fantastic experience. I, my experience coming in was right at the right at the end of COVID. Okay, and 
So what we I'd experienced COVID in the classroom in the brick and mortar schools. Right. And let me tell you, it is absolutely 100 percent different through the vital program than what we had in the brick and mortar. Yeah. Because when, when COVID hit, nobody knew. It was just like, well, what is this thing? Yeah, it's it's right. like everybody's trying to scramble to find that traction for education. And, um, yeah, when, when I landed over at Vital, they they had the formula down, and it's it's working. So now you – what does a typical day look like for you teaching-wise? Teaching-wise, I get to – uh, come in and I start off with a group of kiddos as I boot up Zoom on the <laughs> software and all those wonderful technological issues that you have with your yeah, devices on Zoom. Great. Yeah, it's yeah. they're still there. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and so uh, we get to start there with that. I usually try to start us with a, some kind of game, interactive game, math game or something along those lines, and just get some competition going, get the kids talking and laughing. and Right. Then, then we just transition through our subjects like a normal day. I give them time in class to work on things, and um, they work on their assignments. They need me for anything. I'm there. Okay. Uh, it's, it's so a you're pretty, at your computer, and they're at their computers. You're seeing them. They're seeing you, and you're holding class just mm-hmm. over Zoom. Yep, yeah. over Zoom. They need to share something with me. We share screens. We go through the the technological curve for the kids is usually pretty high. Yeah. Those first couple of weeks, you're stumbling over a lot of things, and they are too. Sure. Um, but, yeah, throughout the day, now they're pros. They're, they're just, boom, they're they're going with it. So, And so having been inside the classroom for 14 years and now doing this for Vital, um, what do you like about what you do now, or maybe what do you miss about being in the classroom? Oh, man, I there's so much I miss, but also so much I enjoy. Yeah. Um, I couldn't, my coworkers that I used to work with in the regular classroom, but I've got a great group of coworkers now, um, in Nathan Twitty and, and some of them, uh, over there at the Prescott where we're housed right, right now. Um, but the interaction with the students, we, we miss that quite a bit mm-hmm. as educators. There's something, something really um, tangible about walking into a classroom full of kids and being able to say, hey, guys, all right, let's get together or give a kid a high five or something right. like that. You have to be able to get creative and transition yeah. in a virtual environment. And so because at the end of the day, these kids these kids still need to want to come to your class. Right. And so engagement is huge. And you, you've got you to gotta spin. You've got to find ways to engage them in a virtual environment. And it's it's hard sometimes. Yeah. How do you how do you keep them engaged? I mean, I, I can imagine. And like, what what are the times? What time do you do they come on? And I mean, what time does school start? Okay, well, right now it's kind of interesting because I've got two grade levels: uh, fifth grade and sixth grade, all subjects and RTI. Okay, as well as doing cybersecurity coach for two teams, and then uh, just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, so we have to split our day up and kind of compartmentalize. So we start at 8.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 8 o'clock time frame from 8 to 8.30 is generally set aside for the students to do their PE lessons. Okay. And um, they come through, do that, and then 8.30, we, we rock and roll all day long. I'll do RTI midday where we'll do our intervention with the students that need it right before lunch break. And then after lunch, we come back and we hit – uh, really focus in on our sixth graders. And, yeah. and so our fifth graders are the morning time and 
they can kind of stay with me throughout the day if they need help. And so I'm there. So, yeah, it's it's a full-on day. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> All right, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how, what kind of discipline issues or, or trouble in the classroom would you have over Zoom? What what kind do you have? Oh, fantastic. Like only seeing the brow yeah. of the kid. The yeah. kid like, well, okay, Johnny's hair showed up today. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> you know, or, you know, maybe the, you got the kid that only shows like the mouth down uh-huh. from the chin neck area. And we, it actually happened one time that both students, lot, there was a student up top on the Zoom, you know, the Brady Bunch whole thing where they were only showing their nose up brow and the yeah. other one was nose you down. just connected them. And it did. Yeah. It did. I I was like, oh, my gosh, it's a Muppet because it, they had no eyes. You know, oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. But, no, discipline issues on Zoom, I kind, I kind of really like it because we have an extra tool in virtual environment that we did not have in the classroom. And it's called mom and dad and grandma, grandpa, uh-huh. because when they start getting out of line, I've done it several times where you look at it and say, hey, go get mom right now. And they're like, I can't. Do yeah. I need a call or what? Get yeah. mom now. And we do a breakout room, and we have that immediate conversation with the parent. Oh, that is man, so powerful. Great. That is powerful. Wow. And the kid, so the kid also has this other realm of, of consequences mm-hmm. that you normally wouldn't have in a classroom. Right. So it's, it's pretty powerful. That, that, is, that is powerful. I mean, to be able to just say, go get your mom instead of – Having to send an email or try and call home, and you're not really face to face. I mean, to get a face to face would be very difficult. Whereas this way, it's just absolutely in the other room. Hey, mom, the kid's messing up. Come on in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm quick dialing people on the yeah. phone. Yeah. Like, hey, I need you to come in here real quick. Oh man, and it's it's really fabulous. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. when things go sideways in a virtual environment, right. You can't. It's it's harder to redirect. Okay. Because when I'm in a classroom of thirty kids, our co my coworkers and I have talked about this all the time. You're in there with thirty kids. Something goes off the rails. It's like, all right, guys, here. Let me shift. Here's the paper handout to everybody. Let's turn to page thirty two. This is this and this. Let's get started. Yeah. In that virtual environment, not necessarily all those tools are there, so you kind of have to grind and make it work. Whereas the redirect in the classroom was a much easier play. Yeah. So it, it, you, you get, you get conditioned yeah. conditioned, so to speak, I'd say um, real quick. What, what's the, what's the most difficult disciplinary thing you had to deal with? Oh, wow. Um, attendance really is, but it's not something that I deal with. Okay. My administrators and everybody else are so top notch mm-hmm. in this virtual environment because it is a high risk because when we, some of the students that we have don't want to be at school sometimes. Right. They don't want to be in a regular classroom. They just, they just don't want to be there. Some kids do. I, I have several students that in, thoroughly enjoy being in our, in our Zoom and would love to be back in a regular classroom too as well. But when they kind of try it out, they, they're still thinking of the old way, yeah. the old Zoom, right. you know, COVID, post-COVID and all that. And they're like, oh, yeah, really not much I have to do. I don't have to engage. I just got to show my hairline, you know, all that kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. But um, but once they come in and they start realizing, hey, administration's up on top of this. And uh, Mr. Shannon Pirtle is doing a fantastic job. Yes, Ms. Robin Neighbors. Yeah. Um, they've got it together. 
and they're really drilling in on these students and holding them as well as the parents kind of accountable for what needs to happen on the student side of this because there is there is a big responsibility on their part it, it's it's actually a bigger responsibility than what that student has in a regular classroom because going back to the handouts and everything else like here it is here it is yeah the student has to be more prepared in a sense so it, it's 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 interesting to see okay we want to talk more about online learning I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters with Bo DeBoard. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. This is Local Matters with a focus on education. I'm Buddy Pearson, and Bo DeBoer, the Putnam County School District Middle School Teacher of the Year, is my guest today. We're talking about online learning because Bo teaches in our vital program. And, and Bo, when, when you were growing up and you were going to school, would you have liked the option of learning online, or did you like being in the classroom? Did you like going to school? Did you Was that just something that you really liked? Oh, that's a that's a hard that's a hard uh, ask right there. I don't know because in middle school I was totally introverted. I still kind of have some of that uh-huh. reserved, but you learn defense strategies. Uh, blame it on a uh, on my middle school uh, drama teacher. Ah. she she kind of drew that out, um, and then, but no, yeah, I the the social element would have been fantastic for me because I love sports. I love being involved with yeah. everything. Staying at home with mom and dad may not have been the best thing yeah. for me. I, I think I think I would have probably no jumped yeah, off. I wanted to go to school. Yeah, yeah the, the Nintendo was calling yes. at that point. <clears throat> so it was it was eight bit paradise right there yeah. in my room. Why would I go anywhere else? But no, it's it's kind of neat to uh, to think about. But we're in such a different time and yeah. such a different transition. Absolutely. Right so, um, but no, there there are. I can see some students that kind of have some anxieties and some hesitations to be in a classroom. Yeah. And, you know, this is a fantastic fit. Or maybe there's behavioral triggers within a classroom that cause reactions somehow Mm -hmm. with students. And it's so it's a huge plus. And, And we see students from all across other walks. It opens up a lot of doors. Right. Uh, for both parents and students, like no matter as long as you have a good connection and you're ready to roll and you can do your work, you could be anywhere. Right. It, it opens up a lot of flexibility. It really does. It really does. Now, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in a little town north of Knoxville, Tennessee called La Follette. La Follette, Tennessee in Gamble County. Awesome. Go Cougars. How did you find your way here? 
Uh, it's it's the the Golden Eagles, baby. Really? Yeah, Tennessee Tech. We came down, went to school, and uh, we as I was waiting for my wife to finish her uh, curriculum and everything else there at the university, I, I had to look and find another job, and that's that's when the the doors opened up, and I've been here ever since. Awesome. Yeah. So now. Uh, you you've taught in the classroom. You taught at Avery Trace for fourteen years. What what is subject that you enjoy teaching the most? Wow, it changes each year with our students. I, I but I think history. Yeah, history is it, it used to be science, but once I started that first year with history, mm-hmm. I realized that <clears throat> excuse me, there's a bigger role for citizenship that sometimes gets overlooked yeah. with a younger generation. Absolutely. And that's something that we kind of need to put eyes on. Right. Uh, you know, when we start cutting back on curriculum and we start looking at different things and we're moving forward, we need to make sure that students are, are really taking in what it means to be not only a, a citizen of Cookville, Tennessee, but Tennessee and even larger the nation. Yeah. Uh, those are those are huge, huge issues right now. And, and – it, and maybe it's just I don't know. It could be my kids, could be some that I that I talk to. But it seems like there is a generation of kids who question history, who don't, who may not, you know, say, "Well, did that really happen? I'm not really sure that you know that we ever went to the moon. I'm not so sure that you know rockets really go into outer space." And you're like, "Do you really? I mean, have you not read history? I mean, have you not looked through? I mean, how do you combat you know somebody like this? You might ever said that in your classroom? Oh, like, absolutely, all yeah. the time." It's it's one of those, like, why are we studying this? Yes. Why are we studying that? Well, the state does a really good job about bringing in, in sixth grade, yeah. content on world religions. And I think that that's kind of necessary almost to a point. It's, it's a hot topic, mm-hmm. and, you know, because sometimes – or it's a touchy topic sometimes because – you see, well, this is mainly predominantly a Christian, you know, environment here right. for the Upper Cumberland. You yes, know, we're in the Bible Belt. Yeah, right in the Bible Belt. And so, but it's it's really important that not that we believe these other religions or go these different ways or anything. It's just the fact that we need to understand where somebody else's perspective is coming from. Right. What what were their beliefs? that led them to see through that lens mm-hmm. to view the world around them. Right. And, you know, history is seen through all kinds of lenses. So that's why roundabout story history has been uh, probably one of my favorite subjects to teach because of that. There's so many different variances there. Yeah. So uh, now we're, I'm sure by the time that uh, people hear this uh, in a couple of weeks, will be on Christmas break. Do you have, you know, uh, big plans for the holidays? Are you are you ready for a break? Oh, teachers are always ready for a break. <laughs> Let's be honest, teachers. Yes. They, oh man, there are so many decisions that are made within a day. It's it's ridiculous uh, how some of us even walk out with hair still on our heads. <laughs> I, I cannot. The elementary teachers, I don't know how in the world they yeah. can do that. Um, just patience abounds. So yes, every break is precious. Yes, <laughs> um, we will take it at any chance we get. Um, but for us, it's just it's about being home, being with family, and you know, really getting back to what the holiday means for us because it's it's a teachable moment for our family as well. 
Well, tell us about yeah. your family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, wonderful wife, uh, Michelle. We've uh, been married for quite some time now. We've married back east in uh, Clinton, or in actually in Kimball County. She's from Clinton, Tennessee. Now, did you meet at Tennessee Tech? Uh, no, we actually met on a hiking trip to the Sand Caves up in Virginia with a with our church group. Oh wow! Yeah, so it was just kind of a friend of a friend, and yeah. she was like, "Oh, this is this is my friend Shelly," and, and I knew right then there she you go. was she was the one <laughs> that that Hardy's all so long ago. <laughs> uh, children, <clears throat> yes, sixteen uh, year old uh, son just started driving. Please pray for me. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, that's, bless your heart. Oh man. That that first interstate merge, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is love you, son. Love you, son. Yes, the anxiety, but the it, stress. It, really, it, it does not uh, does not get any better. I'm sorry. Oh, it's 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 terrifying. Yeah. And then the point where they go off on the road on their own, and you're yeah. like, I don't know that they're going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Hey, Dad, I want to go over to so and so's house, and you're just like, No, yeah. And then I, the keys. Yeah, and then yeah. you think back at all the all the mistakes I made yes, when when absolutely. I was driving. Flashbacks. Was, yeah. So he's <laughs> he's doing great. He's he's taking on um, an interest in cybersecurity, which kind of drove a whole bunch of choices for us um, as far as what I do with the after school programs and stuff. Um, he loves it. Absolutely loves it. I enjoy seeing him grow in it. Um, and uh, seven year old. So we go from 16 to 7. Yeah, okay. that's a huge gap. Just a little. We did not know what we were getting into. Yeah. And so he's a fireball. Man, yeah. he, this is all this gray hair <laughs> yeah. is uh, from me trying to keep up with that guy. Oh, he's, man. He's something. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to talk more uh, definitely with Boda Board. And, and we want to talk cybersecurity, too. Uh, because that's certainly something that's uh, on everybody's radar these days, but I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters and with Bo Local Matters with a focus on education. I'm Buddy Pearson. We're talking with Bo DeBoard, who teaches for the Putnam County Vital School. He was recently named the District Middle School Teacher of the Year. And Bo, you mentioned something in our last segment about cybersecurity and kind of how that has kind of uh, maybe taken you down a different path or affected the family a little bit. Well, tell us about how you are involved in cybersecurity. Um, yeah, uh, I am the coach for our vital uh, middle school and high school cyber patriot teams, as well as the countywide um, cyber national cyber league team. Awesome. So we opened up, we saw an opportunity to get involved with uh, cyber patriot quite some time ago. Yeah. Um, had a great group of young men came through and I was, I was just motivated to like, they just took to it and mm-hmm. I was it's like we need something at the high school level. We need something else to kind of grow that program out to, so they have something to feed into. And through many, many calls and texts to Miss Karen Trenum and anybody that would listen to me, I'm like, please, these guys need it. They need it. They need it. <laughs> and then we were blessed with Scott Waits came along over at the high school and, and championed that program over there. And they are doing fantastic. And the, that first group of young men that I had, in that first year at Avery Trace, they went on to place third in the nation. Oh, wow. Um, and it, Well, actually third in the world because it's an international competition. Yeah. Got to go to Maryland. So what, what um, happens at these competitions? Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot. So what they do is they take on the role of a team that has been hired by a company to secure the computer systems 
or the computers within the company. Okay. And somebody has messed with it, hacked it, so uh, to speak. Okay. So this is kind of like an anti-hacking competition. Sure. And so the students have to go through and find all the vulnerabilities that this entity has done to make sure that it is secure and ready to roll out so the company has a chance to really get off and back on the right track. Yeah. So it, it's And it's pretty in-depth. They go into um, looking for open ports on the network. They do virus scans. They look for malware trojans, um, any, anything and everything. They have to look for uh, specific files that may may not – have authority to be there mm-hmm. or programs that may not have to be there. So it, it's really a, a broad approach to what a cybersecurity specialist would, would be doing within their profession. So it's, it's great for the kids. And your son is involved in this? Oh yeah. I may, made him, he was voluntold <laughs> at the, uh, in fifth grade. He said, yeah, I think I'll do it. Yeah. And it, it actually started off, as a competition, like we, there was some kind of competition that, and I want to say Prescott was was just had just been built, and I was over at Avery Trace. I'm super competitive, yeah, when it comes to this stuff. Nice, and um, uh, my good friend Casey Garrison had some stuff going on there with a couple of the programs that were getting points in this competition, and I was like, how can I beat Casey? I was like, how in the world? And so, but. It, which is a steep task anyway, because right. Casey's like phenomenal at everything she does. And I was like, oh, man, I've got to try. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking, going through, and I find one of these programs, and it was Cyber Patriot program. I was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. So I decided to look that up, and I was like, hey, I'll throw my hat in the ring on that. That's kind of cool, because I'd, I'd always had a tilt toward you know computers and okay. and that kind of stuff so you had from a young age. There, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's what, it's where, where it all started. Um, got in and my son was voluntold to do it and, and he kind of caught the bug. I'd say about sixth grade year, he said, you know, dad, I, I think this is something I want to do as early as sixth grade. That's awesome. Which is fantastic because, and it speaks to the fact that there are still students that are not necessarily reached by every program that we offer right. within the school system. Yes. Um, and this is certainly something unique and something that really is a buzz in society today. We had Eric Brown from Tennessee Tech on a couple of weeks ago, and you know he, his involvement with CIROC and, and cybersecurity, and of course he, he's great. But yeah, he he said that, that they tried to start educating, um, you know, at the elementary level now because you know it was high school and then it was middle school, and he said now it's even elementary school. So what you're doing, I mean, you, you're you're helping these kids and you're showing them some things and they're learning and also these competitions, uh, they'll kind of scare me if some, you know, middle school kids can learn how to hack into a business computer or something like that. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Here. I'm yeah, not that absolutely. smart, but some of these kids are that smart. Oh yeah. Um, I've, I've got a full team of them that yeah. are pretty super smart. Uh, I, I try not to teach some of the more devastating stuff yeah. to the younger kids because that that whole decision making process right. is not really <laughs> formed yet. Um, but no, the the middle school kids, I think it's a good step into because mm-hmm. we're we're learning ethics and we learn okay, this is what is needed, and you can't really approach any kind of defense if you don't haven't seen very many offenses. True, and so you have to kind of make sure that 
your kids are versed in some of these things. Mm-hmm. Like what tools would a hacker use? What tools, uh, what approach would they use? Where's the weakest point on this network? And most of the time it's the person behind the keyboard, right? Um, which is what we're seeing a lot of these days. Uh, and it's something that is also pressing in education even further, because I want to say last week they pulled the numbers. I was at a conference last week and they pulled the numbers. I want to say there were over 1,600 cyber attacks on school systems throughout the nation. Wow. Yeah. So it was uh, – the number could be off. Yeah. Don't, don't hold me to it. But, like, it was – It's still happening. It was a huge – because the data is there. Yeah. And that's something that our kids don't understand. Sure. If the data is out there, it needs to be protected. And this is why it's such a good opportunity for our students to explore this career field because it's as long as people are transmitting digital data, yeah. there's going to be a need for this. This is true. You know, talking with Bo DeBoard, you've worked at Avery Trace in the classroom. You you were teaching online in the vital program. You do these things with cybersecurity. But what do you think is a, a major issue in public education today? I mean, you, you, you see it as a parent. You see it as an educator. But what, what is the issue? What do you think is one of the issues – that is huge in public education today. Well, uh, tagging on, I do think cybersecurity is something that is a major issue um, that needs to be addressed. Okay. Because, number one, it's an opportunity for our students. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking, it's it's the Wild West right now. Yeah. You can go out and get a degree, and there are jobs out there that are still not filled with the current workforce. Yes. I, you don't see that that often, yeah. and especially in today's current economy. I think we'd be doing a disservice to our students if we didn't offer that out. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention, like I said before, with the uh, attacks on education, mm-hmm. this, is, this is something that doesn't just – happen to somebody's grandma when they get the phone call and somebody tries to yeah. draw out the information and like, oh, no, grandma lost, you know, $800 because she tried to wire transfer to yeah, somebody. Some prince in yeah. some other country. Yes. Or even with the AI where yeah. they're mimicking your own children's voice or the grandkids' voice. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 getting, it's getting advanced. Um, but it's, it's actually getting closer to home where people and teachers and educators – uh, like I said, wherever there's data online, we need to be vigilant about protecting that. And yeah. we need to make sure that our uh, we have a generation that follows up behind us that is prepared to take on that mantle. We can't let these Ferris Bueller's hack in and yes. change their attendance and their <laughs> grades in these computers like they used to, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, it's such a different world. It, yeah. it absolutely is. Um, it Honestly, it used to be that scary that easy back then but now it, there's a, so much more uh, involved with the the systems with our students and they are so good at handling that um i just want to say too that uh, another concern that i feel like just to pile up on top of that mm-hmm. um would be faith in our education system right you know we see we see right now there's there's a big draw for people Losing hope, mm-hmm. you know, and when that happens, that's that's hard. Yeah. Uh, number one, because it's our chosen profession, and we see that, and it kind of hits us like, hey, we're not doing our job right. We're not. We're not really. Something's wrong. Something's off. What's bringing this about? Yeah. And we've known for years that education is full of issues that we we've got. But I do want to say that every public school is a reflection of its community. 
That's true. That's a great the, point. The the administrators yeah. take great, you know, they they pour over applicants left and right to see who's going to be a good fit for it. And it doesn't yeah. always come down to who checks all the boxes. Yeah. It's like who is going to best benefit our students. Yeah. And so it's it's just amazing to me that our reflections of our communities. So sometimes when you get these offshoots of people and voices out in the crowd that are saying, hey, they're trying to do this or bring this about, then you're not really seeing what could be the issue. Now, there are still big issues in education. Right. There, there are people that make bad choices. There are people that make really bad choices. But at the same time, too, the most of your educators – they feel called to that profession. Absolutely. And so I, I think that's something that needs to be addressed that, that you know. It's not just being called to that profession. It's answering the call every day. And, and Absolutely. with everything that, that goes on. And parents can certainly help you and other teachers by being involved with their students and, you know, not just thinking that it's the teacher's fault when something goes wrong, uh, but – when you say, yeah. hey, mom, dad, can you get on this screen? Can we talk about this? They're readily available to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's where we're at. Oh, and another thing, too, just to tie into that, the, this whole thing about the digital grades. Yeah. We may have to talk to Corby about this and go back <laughs> to the old school grade book kind of thing because sometimes when you put a grade in immediately, uh-huh. yeah. it's like, bam, you got instant Mom and dad right back on you. Like, yes. why is little Johnny not doing this? Yeah. Why is the power doing this? school? Yes. Yeah. yeah oh, man. School. Yeah. It, that's a what? whole different ballgame right is. there. It, we'll have to save you... that for a different time. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Bow DeBoard, uh, congratulations again. Our Putnam County School System Middle School Teacher of the Year, Teaching in the Vital Program. Thank you and congratulations. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. I enjoyed being here. And that's all the time we have for this week on Local Matters. I'd like to thank our guest, Bo DeBoard. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week and God bless.